I'm going to speak this morning on Ezekiel chapter 34. And I'm going to read from uh, the Amplified Version. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, A son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, the spiritual shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Woe, judgment is coming to the spiritual shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat, the choicest meat, and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the best of the livestock, but you do not feed the flock. You have not strengthened those who are weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bandaged the crippled. You have not brought back those gone astray. You have not looked for the lost, but you have ruled them with force and violence. They were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the predators of the field. My flock wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. My flock was scattered over all the face of the earth, and no one searched or sought them. Therefore, you spiritual shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, certainly because my flock has become prey. My flock has even become food for every predator of the field for lack of a shepherd. And my shepherds did not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will demand my flock from them and make them stop tending the flock so that the shepherds cannot feed themselves any more. I will rescue my flock from their mouth so that they will not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my flock and seek them out, as a shepherd cares for his sheep on the day that he is among his scattered flock. So I will care for my sheep, and I will rescue them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the streams and in all the inhabited places of the land. I will feed them in good pasture, and their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. There they will lie down on good grazing ground and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will let them lie down to rest, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the scattered, bandage the crippled, and strengthen the weak and the sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong who have become hard-hearted and perverse. I will feed them with judgment and punishment. And as for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I judge between one sheep and another, between the rams and the male goats, between the righteous and the unrighteous. Is it too little a thing for you that you, unrighteous ones who are well-fed, feed in the best pasture? Yet you must trample down with your feet of wickedness the rest of your pastures, or that you drink clear, still water, yet you muddy your feet of wickedness, the rest of the water. As for my flock, the righteous, they must feed on what you trample with feet and drink what you muddy with your feet. Therefore, thus says the Lord to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the well-fed fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and shoulders and go with your horns all those who have become weak and sick until you have scattered them away. Therefore I will rescue my flock, and they shall no longer be prey, and I will judge between one sheep, the ungodly, 
and another the godly. Then I will appoint over them one shepherd, and he will feed them, a ruler like my servant David. He will feed them, and he will be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be a prince amongst them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I'll make a covenant of peace with them, and will eliminate the predatory animals from the land, so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep safely in the woods. I will make them and the places around my hill, Jerusalem, a blessing, and I will make showers come down in their season. There will be abundant showers of blessings, divine favour. Also the tree of the field will yield its fruit, and the earth will yield its produce, and my people will be secure on their land. Then they will know with confidence that I am the Lord, when I have broken the bars of their yoke and have rescued them from the hand of those who made them slaves. They will no longer be prey to the nations, and the predators of the earth will not devour them, but they will live safely, and no one will make them afraid in the day of the Messiah's reign. I will prepare for them a place renowned for planting, and they will not again be victims of famine in the land, and they will not endure the insults of the nations any longer. Then they will know with assurance that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, says the Lord God. As for you, my flock, the flock of my pasture, you are men, and I am your God, says the Lord God. Having looked at several commentaries on this chapter, it's clear that the good shepherd identified here, who will destroy the evil shepherds who have ruled over Israel for their own gain, without thought for the people themselves, and who will rule over the united Israel, including God's new Israel, which includes Gentiles, is Jesus Christ. There is no doubt from what follows in the New Testament that this is a messianic prediction in the fullest sense of the term. The chapter is very much one of two halves. The first half, verses 1 to 10, would have been difficult for Ezekiel to bring, as were many of his prophecies, as it came at a time when the people of Israel, following the lead of their rulers, were in rebellion against God. And God used the prophets to warn the rulers and the people of the consequences of their action and what would happen as a, as a result. In this instance, Ezekiel, there is a message of condemnation, but also a message of hope for the future. In verses 1 to 10, Ezekiel refers to the shepherds of Israel. It's widely accepted that this means the civil leaders, the kings and high officials of the country who in those days would also, along with the priests, have responsibility for the spiritual life of the nation, as well as administering the law. There's not much good news for them. I don't know about you, but I don't think I would want to be in Ezekiel's shoes as he brought this direct rebuke from God to those in high positions of authority within Israel. It could have been a very difficult time and a very dangerous time for him to bring such words to them because they were not averse to sorting out their enemies in very direct ways. But Ezekiel was trusting in God and faithfully brought the not-too-popular message that God gave him for the nation. The warning to the shepherds, the rulers and authorities was very clear. They had been abusing their power and authority over the nation to feather their own nests, to grow rich at the expense of the ordinary people, to have the choicest of foods and clothes again at the expense of the ordinary people. They had grown richer and richer whilst watching their flock, the people 
grow weak and hungry. Indeed, we're told that they ruled over them with force and violence. As a result of this neglect, the nation had been scattered and the leaders had done nothing to stop it or to try to bring them back together again. It's difficult not to draw comparisons with the present state of the world, where we are reading daily of corrupt leaders who are being tried or investigated for basically fleecing their nations of their wealth, which should have been used for the benefit of the people, but rather through greed have been siphoned away into secret bank accounts. And we're not talking a few thousand, but millions, and in some case, billions of currency. We also hear of millions of refugees who have fled their home countries to escape violence and corruption from those on high. I googled it and there at present time there is an estimated 65.6 million refugees. That's as at 2017. I'm sure the numbers gone up since then. God must be looking on and weeping as he sees what the greed and corruption of man are doing to his world. We then hear in verses 11 to 19 how God himself in the person of Jesus Christ will seek out his sheep himself and restore them and bind them up, gather them together from their scattered places, which we read more about in Matthew 18, John 10 and Romans 9. In the next few verses, we hear of God's judgment of his sheep, separating the sheep from the goats and can see the precursor to the judgment seen in Matthew 25, 31, the parable of the lost sheep and other passages from John 10, all put together in these few verses. God will separate the rulers who have trampled over the flock, the ordinary people, and he will bring judgment upon them for their tyranny. The prophecy goes on to state that these evil shepherds, kings, civil rulers, and I have to say some priests probably as well, would be removed by God. And this came to pass in due time and is referred to in Zechariah 11. However, there is a message of hope and encouragement for those who have been oppressed scattered, mistreated and malnourished. In verse 22 we read, I, God, will rescue my flock, the ordinary people, and they shall no longer be prey. And more than that, he will send a just ruler to look after them, that is Jesus Christ, and to take care of them. God is going to personally rescue them. And goes on to say in verses 25 to 30 how he will remove their enemies and provide spiritual blessings and practical blessings in the way of good harvests and a peaceful life. God cares about his people and wants the best for them and will not tolerate their mistreatment indefinitely. With the many atrocities being carried on around the world against all people, John 3.16 tells us God so loved the world, that's all of it, not just a selected few, and particularly against Christians, Some are asking, how much longer will God tolerate this? The answer is, we don't know. But what we can put our hope and trust in is that as with the Israelites in Ezekiel's day, God is watching and seeing what is happening. And in his perfect timing and will, he will do something. We don't know what that will be, but he will do something. In the meantime, our responsibility is to continue to pray and to bring the good news of the gospel to those who have heard, have not heard rather, or received it, and to allow the Holy Spirit to bring about transformation in their lives. In verses 25 to 31, we hear God state that he will make with them a covenant 
of peace. In John 14, 27, Jesus says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be fearful. As we've heard many times from this pulpit, Jesus' peace that he speaks about here is far different to the peace we speak about in human terms. The Amplified Bible tries to express it like this. Peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Quite a promise. If only we could keep that, that promise of peace, at the forefront of our daily lives, every day, we would know what it really means. But of course, you, I, and I'm, I'm sure you as well, let things of the world get in the way and we lose it and have to keep being reminded. Only some of the blessings here in these final verses of the chapter were enjoyed by the Israelites as they continued in unbelief and disobedience, as we're told in Jeremiah 18. Nonetheless, the material and physical benefits listed here can be seen as symbolic of the spiritual blessings to come in Christ Jesus. Yes, there are many divisions, animosities and all other kinds of differences to be seen amongst those who are followers of Christ, wrought by the evil one. Someone once said, the devil doesn't have to do any work in the Christian church, he let, just lets them do it amongst themselves. And unfortunately that is so true in many cases. But over and beyond all that, as we said earlier, there still shines the eternal glory of the bright and morning star, the Son of Righteousness who is risen with healing in his wings. And still, some 2,000 years later, every Sunday throughout the world, people of all tongues, races and nations gather in their millions and in millions of places to sing praises unto him who is the author and finisher of our faith the Alpha and the Omega, wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That is the God that we worship. Let us rejoice this morning that God made it very clear through the prophets who Jesus was and that we might know him when he came and that we can have that personal relationship with Jesus and through him, God himself, who loved us so much that he sent Jesus to rescue a fallen people and to restore their relationship with him. Amen.